You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America. No, 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 we're not going to listen to that. We're going to listen to uh, this show, as a matter of fact, and this show happens to be David's Pick, and David's Pick, like we say every now and then, uh, sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you, and uh, it was a uh, long, rough night for both of us. We've got... This is David's pick, and we've got Victor Armanderas in here with us again today. Everybody, uh, I tell you what, you're a popular person, and uh, everybody liked the show last week and the week before. So we decided, well, what the heck? We'll just we'll just do it again. Well, you know what they say: if it's not broken, don't fix it. And a lot of folks try to, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess we're gonna. Uh, we have to. We have to. We have to talk about the uh, Democrat Democratic debates, which uh, the fiasco. Yeah, and uh, you know, you brought up a good point. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the Democrats keep yelling and screaming, "It's broken! It's broken!" And we're gonna. We have the answer, and. You know, particularly uh, Pocahontas, she says, I've got the answer to everything. (laughs) And um, I have yet to hear the Democrats offer a solution for waking up in the morning. Mine is (laughs) that I got in so early this morning, I uh, leaned back in my chair in my office and I was rudely awakened by my accountant coming in the door. (laughs) I didn't, I mean, I fell back asleep i was i was cutting some wood in there you know (laughs) it was the sleep fest last night on the socialist debate that uh put you in that slumber i guess golly (laughs) it it was something or the other that's for sure but uh anyway uh we're glad to have the folks listening in on america's web radio and we continue to pull great numbers and we appreciate it and we're uh we're talking we're going to have uh next week we won't be doing the show because i've got a guest coming in and i bet you know her uh, uh janie coleman williamson oh i think so yeah I'm, she's I'm familiar a, with yeah well she's she's got a very intre- or uh, i started to say business it's not hers but she works for a very interesting company and uh we're going to be talking about what she does and it's uh it's something that unless you or with a very large company, you you might or might not use her services, but um, she's in the uh, in the temporary dwelling business, you might say. And uh, it's like when a baseball player is transferred in; well, he may just need a a place to live for mm-hmm. three or four months or six months or whatever. And uh, she provides. It's sort of like door to door. You leave your place, and all you really have to bring is your uh, your luggage, your mm-hmm. clothes, you know. And other than that, uh, you get everything: uh, pots mm. and pans, and better than a better than a hotel. But it's not like buying a house, right? So, executive uh, living yeah. for executive short term. Yep. Yeah. And. Uh, that's what she does, and a lot of folks uh, don't know about that. But uh, who knows? Uh, we may we may hear more about her company or something as time rolls on. So you just return from 
the yeah. hottest city in the country, in my opinion, and, and it's been and a <laughs> long time since I've been to Vegas. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, and and uh, I remember the first time I went to Vegas, and I was just a little kid, and uh, my parents uh, took my sister and myself out to uh, out to Vegas, and. Um, the shows were fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. and and I enjoyed that. And uh, people were looking at me like I was nuts. I was only a, probably maybe ten, eleven years old. I don't know, but anyway, they had, I think, the best calves liver I've ever had in my war in my life, and <laughs> I still remember it today. And people around us were looking at oh, that kids eating calves liver my god but anyway it was good but the important thing was and like i said this was when i was 10 or 11 and mm. we would walk the streets at night and the I, I i was struck by the people you could tell had just gotten their daily paycheck and yet they were in in the gambling mm-hmm. halls, and they weren't, you know, it wasn't like the sand. We were there the night the sands was uh, busted, as a matter of fact. Really? Uh, this, I mean, this was a long time ago, but, uh, and uh, anyway, the, my point of the story was there were so many lights and so many, you know, signs trying to draw you in, suck you in, do whatever you in to get you in to gamble, mm-hmm. that it was as hot on the streets at night as it was during the day and and it's changed a thousand times over since i was there when i was uh, 10 years old that would have been 60 some odd years ago so but uh, you know it uh, it's an interesting city i've been back since obviously but uh, i'm not a gambler and uh, i will i will take x amount of money and Lose it uh, quickly at the at the blackjack <laughs> at table. At the blackjack, and uh, so did you go to the craps table and uh, place the <laughs> ten on the pass? <laughs> you know, and where's my check? <laughs> right, I did. Uh, I did check out some craps tables. They, you know, oddly enough, they were pretty busy. That seems to be probably one of the most popular, if not most popular, games on the yeah. casino floor. I was pretty impressed. Every time I walked up, it was just a a crowd. Even if the other tables weren't full, the craps tables just seemed to be uh, just just that's where the action, so to speak, was. Now I don't know if they were all winning, but I I did hang out there and watch and try and learn a little bit before, uh, you know, because I didn't want to lose <laughs> ten bucks right away. Um, but it was impressive. I saw some guys uh, it, that that would it would be like a five minute run. It seemed like, and they would uh, they were just everyone was winning, and 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 I'm looking at it going, wow, this game's easy. But then within a flash, everyone lost, and then they have to put back. And I'm just and what I noticed about craps, you start out maybe uh, with a bet here and a bet there, and then as if a couple of two or three rolls go and there's a couple of wins, then everybody start. You just start seeing all these bets come out all over the table, and pretty soon there are chips everywhere. I don't know how these dealers keep up. With everything that they were doing, there was so many different bets going on. But it just seemed to me that as soon as that table was full of bets, that uh, it would be a losing roll. And then all those chips would just be taken off the table and into the casino's pockets. So it was a, an interesting thing to watch. Uh, I was uh, probably more spooked to play, uh, to jump into that. I'm going to have to learn uh 
a little bit more about crafts, but it was very interesting. And, and you're not uh, you are not wrong about a hot city. It on uh, yesterday, no, the day before yesterday was 110, and and it is very true. You know what they say? It's a dry heat because yeah. I, I will tell you, being out there at 110 was still probably better than being here at 90 and and with the 100 percent humidity. Yeah, but uh, you know it. Uh, it uh, it's such a dry heat that you can't sweat. Yeah, that's true. And uh, that's, that's the not biggest good difference, for you, you which know? is not good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, but I did get to experience over the weekend. Um, at one point over the weekend, I did get to enjoy uh, a Vegas pool. And you know, David, one of the biggest things that's changed about Vegas, at least what I've noticed in the past few years. Is there? They have all the casinos have figured out that, and I think this really, really happened. Started happening during the Obama uh, years when uh, the economy took a downturn. The casinos had to figure out how to get people back in the casinos, and they invested money and they have elaborate pool parties now. Hmm. So you can go out to Vegas, or people will go out to Vegas now just for the pool parties. So that was uh, very interesting to see. Did you take see. pictures? Um, you know, I might have a couple of pictures we can put out of there. I, it was very, it, it was very neat, very neat. So you go down the strip now, and you're seeing advertisements where it used to be, come into this casino for five dollar bets, or or we'll give you money for slots or that type of thing. Now it's come to the beach club at the win or the beach this at the the, and they have private pool pools. So you'll go into a casino now, and there may be. Two or three pools where everybody, and then there's you'll see a little gate and and, uh, and, and a little I bet sign. You can gamble at the pool. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than and one. One yes. <laughs> and so, what uh, happens in Vegas doesn't uh, always stay in. Vegas. Apparently, they say it stays in Vegas, but I'm not too sure about that. So. <laughs> well, so you had a good time, and I'm jealous that mm-hmm. you turned a, a business trip into a vacation. I and try every time I take a business trip. I try and turn it. To at least a little bit of uh, a little bit, yes. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but it was it was very interesting, and uh, and it's neat to walk around uh, a different state. You know, no, uh, Trump didn't win Nevada, but based on which I don't understand. Uh, I don't either. Uh, well, the only the only part I guess I can understand is there's you know the unions run rampant in Ve- in, in Vegas, and and there's. Let's just say there's some chicanery and things that go on with the unions. Every everybody knows it. If you don't know it, um, there. Let me just put it to you this way: wherever there's a big union operation, there's going to be some uh, shenanigans that are going on, especially with elections and politicians. And that's that's how I think Vegas has ended up going Democrat uh, the last few few election rounds. But I'll tell you, every uh, Uber car or Lyft driver that I talked to was making big bucks. Well, yeah, they they do well in Vegas, but they were all either leaning Trump or said, "I'm voting Trump." We, they, every everyone, even if you're not into politics day to day like we are, you can talk to somebody who's working day to day, and they see that the business has picked up, and they see when people are. Are streaming into the casinos. People are streaming into the airports, and there's just a hustle and bustle going on in Vegas right now that I think has been missing for a while. And so the drivers that I talked to, they, I had one of them tell me, you know, Victor, I, I really don't pay much attention, but I know that I'm doing better now. And if I'm doing better now, something right has got to be, or something is being done that's right. 
So I, I, I truly, truly think that uh, Trump's got a great chance to take Nevada because I even talked to some people that said, you know, I, I'm going to go vote. For, I'll vote for him. And it was interesting to see that and hear that because these are, I, you know, middle class, lower middle, however, you know, the Democrats love to put people in groups. Um, well, these were run-of-the-mill people who get out and drive a car every day, and some of them are driving at you know, all hours of the night to make a, 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 a check or a dime here, a dollar there. And they are having good things to say about what they're seeing with the economy. And I think, David, that's what the Democrats, if you noticed last night, they can't run on the economy. They don't want to talk about the economy. Um, last night in the debate, I'm floored to hear some of the things that are coming out of their mouth because they can't talk about a good economy. So they have to run against uh, every, everything is racist. Or I even heard one of the candidates, it might have been Andrew Yang, who was actually trying to convince people that that people are worse off right now, that somehow this economy is not reaching the uh, I don't remember what he called it, but he's trying to say there's people out there that are just doing horrible and uh, there's no wage growth. David, we've had wage growth over 3% every year under Trump so far. That didn't happen at all under eight years of Obama. So I don't know what these Democrats think they're who they think they're kidding, but it's it's laughable. You know, uh, I think uh, I'm I don't know if I mentioned it the last time you were in, but I guess. <sighs> I've sort of uh, taken the approach that Trump's going to win. I, I'm mm. almost taking it for granted, you know, <laughs> which is bad. Mm. And uh, what scares me more is after Trump. And uh, I don't see anybody, I, I don't think Pence is, well, Pence is too old to run after Trump, right. really. And uh, he hadn't been prominent enough, in my opinion, to... Mm to make a run for it and i don't know that he even wants to make a run for it but uh you know i i uh we we've had it very good under trump and i uh you know some of my experiences here at the uh, studio with some some people um which scares me that if anything ever, if we did have to go to war for some reason, uh, I, I don't think we can count on the millennials to uh, be backing us up. And, uh, you know, Obama was scared to tie his shoes. And uh, I just, you know, I, Trump has been what the country needed, in my opinion, and has shown that, you know, a strong government is what we need. Oh, there's no question. You know, we have more respect around the world than, mm-hmm. than we have in years. That's the dirty little secret. You know, um, they used to, you know, you, if you listen to the left and the media, the lamestream media, and they're constantly trying to tell, they're trying to convince us even still today that, oh, Obama was was respected uh, across the world. And, and you, you don't have to dig too far or look too far into news articles to see that was not the case. And I can even speak from when I was trying, you know, I traveled to Mexico on the minimum once a year, but usually two or three times a year. And when I talked to, and I have family that, uh, that are in politics in Mexico, I have family in the business arena, and they, they, all they did was laugh for a few years. Now, a lot of them, yes, they, they enjoyed Obama being president because they want a weakened U.S., which blows my mind because a weakened U.S. will bring down 
the world economy. I mean, Mexico was was kind of in a downward swing, you know, for the eight years of Obama, just like the U.S. was, or, or stagnant growth. And so it boggles my mind sometimes when I see, but but in, inherently it's when you travel to Europe and places like that, they want a weaker U.S. I mean, they have been convinced that U.S. needs to be knocked off the chair or knocked off the stool, knocked down a couple of pegs. Who's the first country they call when they need help? That's exactly my point uh, every time I hear this. Because it is. whenever They love to knock the U.S., but they love our products. And they love, and they know that they can call us, and we're the first to the scene. And we don't stop and ask, what religion are you, or what this and what that. We are the first to help when there's a tragedy, but we don't get the credit. This is, uh, I think you remember me saying this, and I've said it obviously more than than once. And that is that, uh, you know, it's like, like what people say about Trump or the ones that are really anti-Trump or whatever, and that is that uh, it's jealousy. And I think Mm -hmm. every other country in the world is jealous of the United States in one shape, form, or fashion. And uh, that's why they, well, they're, uh, you know, (laughs) they're not going to make it. Their little plan of being a republic and... uh, Democracy isn't going to make it. Well, we've made it. Yeah, and, uh, and look, and lo- our form of government has made it longer than any other form of government, or lasted longer. Let's, I should say. Uh, but David, you hit a great point there when you talk about jealousy. Not only are and and it's very true. The 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 countries around this world have have for a long time been jealous of what the United States has been able to do. And the reason why a lot of the world doesn't catch up with the United States is because the leadership around the world is so indebted to socialism or what they call socialist democracy, um, you know, whatever they want to call it, they they will not and do not want to let go of the control they have over the people. So, you know, there are plenty of play. Gosh, when you look at France and you look at Italy and you look at Greece and you look at Spain and you look even in, in Britain, they could flourish so much if they would pull back and release some of the, the control and the burdens they put on the people through their socialistic governments, but they won't do it because they're such an elitist class. They are terrified to let go of the power. You know, I was taking another nap here, obviously, and let the time get away. (laughs) We're going to go right through a break. We're going to go right through a break. We'll be back on David's Pick right after this. Hi, my name is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, In this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You know, I was thinking uh, during the break that um, back in the day, uh, the Kennedy Administration Day, of we're going to the moon, and the pride that the, it was everybody. And they got behind Kennedy, it didn't matter, he was a Democrat or anything else, and and uh, you had the UK that was a naysayer, and they were betting, no, they'll never make it, they'll mm-hmm. never make it, you know. And, and around the world, people had their doubts of whether we could do it or not. Mm-hmm. But we had, uh, there was just a feeling. I mean, it was it was incredible. And uh, whether you were young like I was uh, or 110, you just, there was a gut feeling Yep, by God, we're going to do it. We're going to make it to we're going to put the first man on the moon, yep. and we know how to do it, and we didn't have a clue, but well, we know, knew how to do it. You know, David, that I, I, you know, there's, a, there's no secret why you have the David's Pick Show, because you come up with some really good insights. And, I, and, and that, I think, is a great point, because JFK was a Democrat and could not be a Democrat in today's Democrat Party. But, David, you could probably speak to this. Even though John F. Kennedy was a Democrat, he inspired a nation. He was able to stand up and say, and it doesn't matter if you're an R or a D or an L or an I, we together as a country, and he said it best, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He inspired a nation to stand together. So, I'm sure there were lots of disagreements, David, which you probably can remember that maybe Republicans had with Democrats back then. But for John F. Kennedy to be able to stand up and inspire a nation and say, together, we're going to make it to the moon. We will beat the Russians. We will do what the naysayers can't do. That brought chills to a nation. It had to bring chills to this nation. You know, the the first thing that uh, Kennedy went through was, well, won the Bay of Pigs and then also... uh, the uh, uh, missile uh, blocking the uh, Russians bringing mm-hmm. missiles into Cuba. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a, I, I say I had, my parents had a good friend that uh, this guy was doing uh, basically what my son does now in the Air Force, except uh, this gentleman was in the Navy and uh, he was in intelligence and uh, was a commander. And, uh, you know, we came very close to war during the blockade, mm-hmm. and yet Kennedy, and I've often, or not often thought, but I think about the fact if um, how thankful we should be that nothing like that came up during Obama's oh. uh, administration. Or Bill Clinton's. Or Bill Clinton's. But, you know, I think Clinton might have... Hillary yeah. might have gotten something done. I don't know about Billy Boy, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, Hillary might have gotten him out of the Oval Office and playing with cigars. But, Maybe. Uh, you know, I, I can uh, – I remember the uh, uh, blockade, and we thought we were, we were going to be uh, – 
playing in Russia, you mm-hmm. know, or Russia was going to be playing, playing here. here. And uh, it was very serious, and um, uh, I, you know, I, I just, I look at, oh my God, if it had happened when Obama was in office, and you know, and and the other thing that, and it's and it's true today that really. For lack of better words, pisses me off. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so we had Kennedy. We just come off of Eisenhower, who was a national hero from right. World War Two, mm-hmm. and uh, then how did uh, how did this guy how did this Yankee from Massachusetts, from Massachusetts get elected? And, and he talked and he talks funny too, you know. <laughs> in the car, and, uh, yeah, the car. Let me get in the car. <laughs> so, but he was elected and. You know, I saw it very clearly, and and again, I was my goodness, I was only uh, ten or eleven years old, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. twelve, whatever. But you thought, uh, you know, we just come through eight years of Eisenhower, and and here we get this Yankee, and yet it was almost, and, and why in the hell we can't do it today? I mm-hmm. don't know, but. The like you are always saying, the D and the R dropped off the end of the name. It was they were American politicians, right. they were American representatives, they were American senators, and everybody. There was no question that Kennedy had the support of Congress mm-hmm. and the country when he said, "I'm going to do a naval blockade." There. Cuba's not mm-hmm. going to have a missile. Yeah, Cuba's you know? not going to have a missile. And uh, he had already said we're going to uh, the moon. And the pride in the country, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, it was like the pride in the country when uh, shortly after Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, Pearl Harbor Hawaii. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I wasn't there for that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was... Shortly after the war was over here, I came, but because mm-hmm. um, my dad was back in town. But anyway, um, I I miss that, and I miss the country. This this crap of everybody arguing over everything, everything, and uh, the Democrats throwing their water balloons, and the Republicans throwing their water balloons by. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just crazy, and. Uh, we're supposedly we're Americans. I'm not sure about Cortez <laughs> and uh, oh. Pocahontas and some of them, but you know, I as a senior or just old fart, I just you know I miss that, and I I get really upset at both sides mm-hmm. that they can't agree on a damn thing. Well, it, it and it it is frustrating, and and what I've noticed, if you if you just look over the history and the change that we've made coming from, even even in the the beginnings of the Clinton years, but as you got to the end of the Clinton years, and then when Bush won, when Bush won, that was really an election that when Bush beat Al Gore, that the left decided we can't stand for this. They were so sure. That Al Gore was going to win because of uh, you know Clinton still had popularity. To my un- amazement, Bill Clinton had popularity. But you know what people don't understand is two years into Bill Clinton's presidency, he lost the Senate and the House, and the Republicans retained control. Actually, more control than they had ever had, I believe, in well, in a long time. Let's put it that way. Uh, which re- and Clinton, to his credit, Bill Clinton. 
he was an opportunist, and he knew if I play ball with these guys, I'm going to go down as a decent president, and he has, or at least <laughs> that people think he was. Yeah. Well, it depends on your definition no, I, of, of is. Of what and, is, is. And so with that, we is going to take another break, and we'll be back right after this. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And in spite of all the comments we've gotten about... Don't come back. Don't come. no. I'm uh, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. We're, we're gonna. We're we're the scourge for the Democrats. You know, they hate us, which is fine. The more that hate us, the more we like what we're doing. That's right. And uh, you know, it's uh, I, if if I have one message that or one wish that uh, if I could just you know maybe wave my magic magic wand and. Get every, just remember, we're Americans. We're all in the country. To, we're all in this bowl of soup together. Mm. Let's do what's best for America, not what's best for the Republicans or Democrats. Or my reelection. Oh well, you know. you know what I always say is every politician, the only thing they fear right now is reelection, and they should fear the people. And not to jump around topics, but but let's take example the this uproar about Baltimore, and and what a first of all there was there was absolutely nothing racist about what Trump said. If what Trump said was racist, then the Boston Globe is racist, and the Baltimore Sun is racist, and the mayor of Baltimore is racist, and because they all said the same thing. Uh, years you can find it on YouTube, and you can look at past news stories of the number of people that were in Baltimore and said these things. But what my point is, why can't we stand together, as you said, David, Americans? Because if we stood together as Americans, that with, the, with the thought we are Americans first, we take care of our own, then we could clean up those cities. 
But what I'm amazed with is that Baltimore and Detroit and New Orleans and uh, Chicago and uh, L.A., uh, San Francisco, uh, you name the city. And that it, that ha- that is downtrodden right now. They've been run by Democrats for thirty, forty years. No Republican in sight. How on earth is it, David, that the people of those cities continue to elect the same people over and over, and expecting it to change? Because they're crazy. That's the definition that to, uh, yeah, you know, uh, definition of insanity. Yeah, they're absolutely insane, and yeah. and they buy into. <laughs> They buy into the publisher's clearinghouse approach. You're going to win. You're going to win. Uh, we can give you everything, mm-hmm. and well, uh, you don't have to pay for anything. But right. that's. Uh, and, but look what it gets them. You know, when, yeah. when you know, I Trump has such an awesome opportunity right now, and and I and as I said before, he's a branding genius, and by bringing up Baltimore, and he's forcing the media to cover this because the media. He he leads them around. It is pretty funny. It's like people chasing a dog's tail because the media is so quick to try and jump on, oh, he's a racist, oh, he's a racist, that they're, they're having to in turn cover what they consider is a racist comment, so they've got to cover Baltimore. Well, it takes the veil off because the media ignores, largely ignores – uh, cities like Flint, Michigan, and, and, and Detroit, and the other cities I mentioned that are downtrodden cities with a rampant homelessness problem, rampant crime, uh, a, a barrios, I should say, or, or just neighborhoods that are so run down and decrepit, but yet the Democrats are the ones who run these cities. And by shining the light on that, Trump has a great opportunity to go into these cities and say, look, there's no Republican here. You cannot blame a Republican here. There hasn't been one elected in 30, 40 years. So once again, what have you got to lose by standing with me and let me force the people that you've entrusted to help you? He's you know, I, maybe you can clarify this. And you were talking about Trump going into the cities. And, mm-hmm. you know, I understand that Trump may be going into Baltimore. Baltimore. And uh, setting up the Trump rat races. <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard anything about that? Well, clear, He's having a tough time finding the jockeys. Clearly. Uh, sit on the, that'll on fit the, on the rats. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> some of those know, rats he, are pretty big. He could, he could capitalize on the uh, Trump rat races, you know. There's a whole nother money o- opportunity right there, and the Democrats could tax it. Yeah, and so, bet on it. And bet on it. You, I, know? you know, I. Uh, it really is an opportunity, and I really do, I do hope he does it. I think he – I've heard that he is. Uh, clearly, uh, the president's team must listen to America's Web Radio because we've been talking about this. And uh, But if he does go in, it would be quite the opportunity to really shine the light on Democrat-run cities and what happens when you entrust your vote to a band of politicians who are under the veil of the Democrat Party – and they just run your city into the ground because that's what's happened all across this country. And you take those same Democrats that are running those cities and you do what we're always saying here at the station, follow the money. Mm. And you've got some jerk that goes in as mayor that's worth 10000 and, you know, all of a sudden he's worth a million bucks. Yeah. And uh, you think, well, maybe something's happening under the table. And, Boy. Uh, you know, it's all there for people to see. If if they would just 
stop being so dedicated to a letter. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, David, on my show, I always say, let go of the letter D, let go of the letter R. You know, just because I will point out right now, because the Democrats make it very easy to point out the mess that they've gotten uh, a lot of cities in, it doesn't mean I'm telling you to run to the Republican Party because the establishment Republicans, uh, they have a big problem too, and I'll be the first to call them out. But when we are talking about Baltimore and Detroit and Chicago and L.A. and New Orleans, uh, there are no Republicans in sight. So you cannot blame the Republicans, and you cannot blame Donald Trump, who is the president of the United States, for your city's plight. You know, there's a reason we have the Tenth Amendment, and the Tenth Amendment clearly states that any powers that are not uh, designated to the federal government should lie with the states. So a city like Baltimore need only turn to their local government, which would be the mayor and the city council. Uh, So if they want to lay blame at the feet of Donald Trump, well, you first have got to lay blame with your mayor after mayor after Democrat mayor that you've elected, city council member after city council, every one of them Democrat. And so I, I am just so tired of emotion being used and people being called racist when you need to step back and it's time that we as a country step back and drop this emotional argument and go back to a logical common sense argument and if you can't sit in your plight your just decrepit city and look and go okay who are the closest people here to me that have power over me well that's your mayor that's your city council and every one of them is a democrat you know the uh, the thing that concerns me, and and I, I'm very fortunate to be uh, old and only have X number of years left. That's up to somebody else, not me. <laughs> but the scary thing is, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. But at the rate things are going, you look at the journalism that's a joke out there. And you think, okay, so we got heated contests still going on between the Democrats and Republicans in 10 years or 12 years or 20 years, and they're going to rewrite history. And, Mm -hmm. well, it was all Trump's fault. Mm -hmm. He was president of the United States when Baltimore Mm -hmm. was eaten by the big rat. By the big rats. You know, and uh, (laughs) they can take it and change it and... You know, when the history is, just like you said, who was in charge, really, on a city level? Mm -hmm. And uh, then you got the idiot Cummings that... uh, Boy. You know, I've got got a way to get rid of him. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jones, that's our representative here. uh, Isn't it Jones? Uh, Uh, Oh, yes, I know. Uh, Oh, I can't remember first name. Yeah, but anyway, if they ever gave a big hug and kiss to each other they'd be lip locked for the rest of their lives that's right (laughs) (laughs) and that might maybe that'll distract him long enough to think that he he should just go ahead and step down and let somebody else come (laughs) up Uh, you know it's true and that's the other thing these politicians have made a career out of supposedly serving the people they don't serve anyone but themselves when that's right when you're somebody let, let me use bernie sanders as an example bernie sanders has never held a private job in his life that that man's never had to actually do some physical work to earn a paycheck he's always 
held some type of government office pretty much as soon as he got out of college, and yet he's a multimillionaire. But And he knows more about business than you do. And supposedly he knows more about business. This is a guy who's going to run around and tell a business that they need to pay workers a certain amount. Bernie Sanders has never had to meet payroll. Bernie Sanders has never had to write or sign someone's check. Bernie Sanders doesn't have family uh, members and fam- I mean not family members but other families dependent on his business because he's never had a business. So he does for him to go around and lecture companies that you need to pay 15 and 20 and dollars an hour uh, is just laughable. You know, he doesn't know what it costs to run that business. That's uh, my same example with uh, Pelosi and being on the Armed Service Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see her break down and put back together an M16. Don't think she could do it. No. And, uh, I promise you she couldn't do it. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, maybe a few bullets should have whizzed by her head, but none of it, them have. It would change her perspective. And, and, and what we mean and what David means by that, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been in a theater of war and you've had bullets whiz by your head or ding off. I've, I have seen a bullet ding off of a, uh, a soldier's helmet. Sure. And so Pelosi to run around and try and tell us, and it, or let's just say she tries to tell the military and other uh, how to do things, it is laughable. Uh, she can't even run her. Look at San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it is sad. And, and, and it always takes me back to, to if you just look at and read some of the founding fathers, read the documents, read how they came to the decision that they came to and, and how amendments made it into the Constitution, how the Bill of Rights came, came around. But one of the things that Jefferson said all the time was the government should fear the people. People should never fear their government because when people fear their government, you don't have a republic anymore. Then you have a a monarchy or a socialist government or communist government or or even a full-on democracy. Folks, it drives me to no end, David, that people refer to the United States as a democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. We are a republic. As is Texas. Yes. <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to take our uh, final break on David's pick. We'll be back right after this. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works. 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. 
call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio and hope you're enjoying the show. David's pick and... We'll keep this going for a while or do something. Next week, like I said, we have a, a special guest. Janie Coleman-Williamson is going to be yeah. in here telling us what she does for a living, which is interesting. And if you're in business, if you're a big business, uh, I'm sure you can uh, potentially use her services mm-hmm. on uh, temporary housing and uh, yep. door-to-door type stuff. Anyway, I, I just gave... Victor, my idea, and, and he approved of it. And uh, I think, you know, a scary thought of uh, Cortez or any of our representatives uh, holding an M16, but it's hard for them to make good decisions without, you know, there's the old Indian, American Indian saying, uh, walk a mile in my Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So I think we ought to have a national week of boots and have all the representative wear military boots and um, you know, see how comfortable they are walking around. That's and, right. Uh, and and I just want to clarify, that was walk a mile in my Mexican. That is not the Democrat program, walk a mile with a Mexican. No. Just to clarify, <laughs> or the Republicans that say walk into the uh, walk a mile into the Pacific with a Mexican. <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> there used to be, you know, it used I, to go further than that, but we can't. I, right, we I can't, can't really. say what you See, know. I, there were going to be two under one I, under each arm, but I, we can't. I can. I can say that, folks, because that is my heritage. So I can make fun of myself before I get before the radio station gets embedded with with phone calls and and emails about how radio that I just was. Hey, you know, I can talk about my family. <laughs> you know, and this is a, this is another thing. Uh, now, I, you know, I grew up in a, in the time of quote unquote segregation, and uh, my hometown in Texas, it was very interesting in that. Yeah, we had segregation, but it was. It was different, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, I don't say it was right or wrong, but it was different from what we saw in in the media covering the uh, march over here and so forth and so on. But uh, you know, <laughs> there's never been a time back to day one that there hadn't been segregation, and uh, even. You know, the Romans certainly had segregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there hadn't been a time that there wasn't segregation or or racism claimed or this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you know, it's it's if you look at the history of the world, I mean, you look at the different civilizations that have come and gone, and then to get where we are today, um, 
you know, I can drive around this city here, and and folks, if those of you listening, we're in Atlanta. We do in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can drive around and see self segregation going on. I I huh. will go to uh, we you know we have a big uh, area here called Plaza Fiesta, and it's no secret there there's it's a lot of the Mexicans, the Guatemalans, El Salvadorians, and the uh, you know just a, it's it's a huge Hispanic area, and they 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 open up their own shops, they have their own buses. To take them around, uh, it's very interesting, and, and I ask them a lot. Uh, I will, I will just go over there and talk, and maybe David will do a radio show from there one day, just doing a remote. I'd be scared. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting to me, and I will ask them. You know, you're here. You're part of this this awesome place that's that's called the United States, that is often referred to as the melting pot because that is what we are. And I ask them, why don't you get out more and blend with? Just the people around you blend with other Americans and assimilate. And that is what is astonishing to me right now is – and a lot of this, ladies and gentlemen, is the, is the fault of politicians. It, it is the fault of, of a lot of the Democrats and establishment Republicans where the, the border has become such a political issue and they're trying to beat each other over the head with it that we've lost track of of convincing and helping immigrants become assimilated to the culture that is the United States. And if you ever run into a Democrat that says that there is no such thing as an American culture, you need to walk away because we do have a culture here in America. It is greatness. It is um, something, an exceptionalism that you can't find in other countries. And so when when my father came here back in the oh my goodness in the fifties, uh, he assimilated. He wanted to be an American. It doesn't. It didn't mean he wanted to leave his heritage because he made sure that we, as my brothers and sisters, when we were growing up, my father made sure that not only did we travel back to the old country, as he would put it. He made sure we knew the cultures and the history of it, but he also made sure that we understood we were born in the United States and we were Americans first because America would lead the way to prosperity. And and and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that is what really irks me a little bit as I travel around, whether it's here in Georgia or Nevada or other states and countries that I go to. But But when we're talking about the United States and seeing the different people here, there's no other country in the world where you can have a national, let's just, for a national soccer team that is the United States, but the last names are Gomez and Gonzalez and, and, uh, Sputnik and, you know, we have all nationalities that can be Americans and that can come together and assimilate and work together with different backgrounds, but be that one American and stand together. And that's what I think we're missing right now, because when we stand together as Americans, not as white, not as black, not as brown, we stand together as Americans, there is no greater force than America. You know, and this is sort of, uh, what do you say, ratting on my own business or whatever, but... (laughs) You know, a lot of this, and this was certainly true during the McCarthy era, mm-hmm. and it's you can blame it on the media that has, once the media takes sides, mm. then it's not news, it's opinions. It's opinion. And that's not, you know, and they can um, certainly turn the battleship around on you, mm-hmm. and uh 
people believe, well, if uh, so-and-so say, well, it's like what the World at War or whatever the deal was mm-hmm. back in the 40s that the Martians have landed yeah, in yeah. Washington, uh, they or say. Or George Orwell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and <laughs> we're a gullible... We're we're the United States is is a believing society, mm-hmm. and we believe that if you know I can remember when a handshake was better than a contract. Than a contract, but that ain't anymore. Nope. But then again, a contract ain't worth the paper it's written on either. It's so not. We've turned. We've let the trial lawyers run rampant. Yep, and uh, you know this is. It's scary, and like I said, I'm I'm thankful that I'm old and uh, and outrunning the mess. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, uh, you know, I don't know how long, and I grew up in the the best time of ever. It was a uh, it was a wonderful world. It was we were coming out. We'd come out of World War II. Um, there was a little police action in Korea, but you know. You knew your neighbor, and your neighbor took care of you, and you took care of your neighbor, and it was just a different. Everybody trusted everybody, and uh, mm-hmm. there was uh, areas in the world that um, you didn't lock your doors at night, right. and uh, you d- you never thought of somebody breaking into your house. It just wasn't going to happen, mm-hmm. or breaking into your country. It just wasn't going to happen. There and there was a different work ethic back then. Oh. Tremendously, and, and, and you know, people wanted to get put get their hands dirty, put the feet to the ground, and and do the work to to be what you can be, so to speak. You know, to well, take you know, from the army. You give <laughs> yeah. a, you know, uh, I'm going to give you you giving me a dollar. I'm going to give you a dollar's worth of my effort and mm-hmm. help build your business or whatever. Right. And uh, now we've been taught that. Uh, because we are breathing, we're owed something. Mm-hmm. Because we were born in the United States, uh, it's we're owed uh, Social Security, or we're owed Medicare, or we're owed something. And uh, a lot of that, again, was generated by the media. Oh, um, 100%. You know, and... I don't know. Well, it's uh, we, I, I fear for my grandson and and mm-hmm. your kids and, and their and kids, their kids, and, and uh, yeah. what are what are they? What are we leaving them exactly? You know, Ronald Reagan said it best: uh, freedom is is just one generation away from um, from being lost. Because if we don't if we don't right the ship and start teaching what independence means, what freedom means, what liberty means. Then eventually we will lose it because when we go generation to generation, we right now we're becoming an entitlement society. We're becoming a, uh, a I'm a victim, a victim society. That leads to dependency, and that dependency, when it reaches the whole generation, the generation coming after that's not going to understand what freedom is. They're not going to know independence. They're not going to know liberty. And Ronald Reagan also used to say. When this country falls, where are you going to run? Where are you going to go? There is no other place on the planet that has liberty and freedom entrenched in their founding documents. You know, uh, and I I find we used to have some other television shows that were very similar to it, but when 
Waters goes out and does his Waters World. Waters World. And uh, what is this a picture of? <laughs> and it's a picture of George Washington, mm-hmm. or it's a picture of the Capitol, or it's uh, whatever. And, um, you know, again, when I was growing up, we took pride in, we called it... Mm-hmm. Um, social studies mm-hmm. or we called it uh, whatever and civics civics mm-hmm. well we never actually we never did we always called it uh, social, social studies, studies yeah. but uh, you know it was and american history yeah. and uh, oh, boy. you know it was uh, we took pride and we and i can remember as a first grader putting my hand on my heart and saying the pledge the of pledge. allegiance mm-hmm. every morning mm-hmm. and um you know, if you can't be proud of your country, and this country particularly, then you really have nothing. And for anybody to step or degrade our flag or do anything is just and, – and what's going on in New York right now, I am glad to see that they passed a bill – that uh, to criminalize uh, throwing water, and yeah, assault. or anything well, it else, it is an assault. It is. Um, I saw one yesterday, a new video yesterday. This guy walked up, re- holding his phone, recording himself. Walked up to two female officers. I'm pretty sure they were female, with a uh, bottle of water and started throwing water at them, and then walked away. And all, and they stood there and took it. Now, what if that had been an acid mix in that water bottle? What if it had been battery acid? It, you know, as an officer, you you have someone coming at you like that and throwing something on you. That is an assault. It's, as far as I'm concerned, I think the cops should have the every right to pull their weapon and shoot them. I, you know, David, bef- bef- I, I would agree with that. I, I bef- until I when I saw what I saw yesterday, um, because what I did was I put myself in that situation as a citizen not an officer as a citizen and somebody walked up to me and started making aggressive movements and throwing something and pouring something i'm going to fight back yeah but then what what would you be yelling as you're fighting back please 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 yeah you know you would exactly and and as i beat the you know living what out of the guy who was throwing water on me he would have been calling for the police yeah (laughs) and uh, you know i i just how how low can we go yeah as as a as a it is sad and when you look at things like that. What is going on in their heads that makes them think it's okay to to treat authority that way? And I'm not saying that police are never wrong, but on the for 98 percent of the officers we have in this country that that go day to day to to uh, really serve and protect the country, they're good people. Not and, only are they good people, but you you put the fact in that they make. And and uh, I always acknowledge and and respect the fact they make split second decisions. Yeah, they they're put to. they're put in positions mm-hmm. that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to crawl in that dark warehouse right. and you know and mm-hmm. find out who's on the other side of the mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. And you know and just and and again i'm sure i'm i'm much older than you are but not that much older but <laughs> we were taught respect of the police yeah. mm-hmm. and uh don't mm-hmm. be scared of them if you need help go find yeah, you a go cop find the police yeah, go yeah. Find, you know we were always taught uh, you know if something happens go find a police officer go find yeah. a cop go find and you know and growing up 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.